This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Creators of Wagertainment. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it, please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Nope, Nick, you're muted. Just so you know. Welcome back, everybody, by the way. Paul Nick gets his mic squared away. <laughs> that was, this has been a, that, a that constant one, thing. Yeah, but, so. Well, that one was that one was manual error. I was having a conversation with my wife right outside the office and muted my microphone. So that one that's manual error by me, not unmuting my microphone. Anyway, it is a tremendous football Thursday, and it rolls on here. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley here with you on the BetQL Network. Great to be on with our friends at Stadium for the next 60 minutes. Coming up 20 minutes from now, Ken and I will get back to NFL awards. We'll finish our conversation on Offensive Player of the Year, where Tyreek Hill once again does not practice today for the Miami Dolphins. Devon Achan also doesn't practice today for Miami, so we'll do Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Comeback and Coach of the Year coming up as we move along. Power Hour, final hour, 60 minutes from now. We'll feature all our bets for tonight, including side total and props for the Raiders and the Chargers on Thursday night football. But what a treat this is. This is really sensational. Joining us right now, making his You Better You Bet debut, and we're very happy to have him on the show, legendary NFL figure, analyst for our friends at ESPN, former NFL head coach, former college football head coach, the great Herman Edwards joins us here on You Better You Bet on Twitter at Herm Edwards. Coach, we sincerely appreciate the time. It's Nick Costos and Ken Barkley here on You Better You Bet on the BetQL Network. How are you? Thank you very much. I am I'm Will, and uh, thank, thank you guys for allowing me to be on your show. I appreciate that, Coach, and, and a privilege to talk to you for the first time. Uh, why don't we start with something in, in the betting market that we've been talking about a lot this week. Uh, then the San Francisco 49ers are, are the favorites to win the Super Bowl, at least in the betting market. Then a big gap between them and every other team. I'm curious if you see it the same way. Do you have San Francisco head and shoulders number one? And if that's the case, who would you have the second most likely team to win? Well, if you were ranking them in college football right now and you went through the NFC, uh, you would say San Francisco is the favorite uh, by 14 points over uh, the Dallas Cowboys, then it would be the Philadelphia Eagles and the Detroit Lions. Uh, that's how I kind of look at it. Look at it on the on the NFC side uh, of things. Uh, 
AFC side of it, um, right now with the Raven, uh, with the Ravens playing the way they're playing, I, I think they would be the favorite at, at once upon a time. I thought Miami would do that, but you can see with uh, when Hill is out of the lineup, they're, they're lost offensively. Uh, so that, that, that that's a little bit bothersome. Uh, Jacksonville is there. Kansas City is there. You can't count Kansas City out, although they're struggling uh, mightily in the second half. of only averaging about seven points in that second half. And the Buffalo Bills, um, you know, sneakily, they're coming. They got a chance. You know, they, 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 they play in a lot of games. Uh, they understand what it takes to play in the playoffs. So they're a team that's kind of headed in the right direction. Coach, I love the thought there and like the college football analogy, right, to rank NFL teams here where San Francisco would definitely be the number one team in the country if that's how we did it. And San Francisco's quarterback, Brock Purdy, is the favorite to win NFL Most Valuable Player right now at our show sponsor, BetMGM. And that's something that obviously a lot of people, whether it's betters coach or whether it's, you know, former football players, former football coaches, seems like everyone has a really strong opinion on that, right? Is it Brock Purdy or is it the scheme for Kyle Shanahan? Is it all the great players around Brock Purdy? Should he he be in contention to an NFL most valuable player. So as of right now, coach, as we head into week 15 in the National Football League, who is your most valuable player right now and why? Well, until he got hurt, and I don't know if he's going to play this week, it was going to be Ty- Tyreek Hill because I know how difficult it is to decide the quarterback winning that award. It's a quarterback award. They say the MVP, that's his name, it's the quarterback award. And stop messing around with this thing. Because uh, that, that's basically what it is. Um, but with him being out, obviously Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers, as you just stated, uh, are one of the better teams in the National Football League. Uh, Purdy's having a fantastic year with 25 touchdowns, seven interceptions. And a lot of people look at this and say, well, it's a system. Well, let me tell you something. All these quarterbacks are in system. Every quarterback plays in a system. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the, pay, the, with the play caller who's calling the plays, um, who, who's uh, setting the quarterback up for success. He's playing in an offense that obviously um, that gives him the ability to have success along with a defense that is playing well. So, you know, enough of this about Brock Purdy is, you know, whatever. He, he's not an elite quarterback. I don't know about being elite. He's a winning quarterback. Uh, he's going to, you know, this team is probably going to be the team to end up in the Super Bowl for the NFC. So when things happen and we'll see if they get that far and if they do, if they can win the Super Bowl, then that's a whole nother story. Coach, I'm curious, you mentioned a couple minutes ago, you think the Buffalo Bills kind of like snuck them into the end of that AFC answer, right? You think they might be kind of on to something here that they could close really strong, maybe make a deep run in the postseason. Obviously, this weekend's game, this Sunday's game against Dallas, going to probably go a long way to determining, do they make the playoffs? Uh, what's their seed going to be if they do make it? Can they can they win the division if Tyreek Hill's injured? Um, so kind of a lot to figure out here, but like a really, really big game. I think everyone's really excited for. Bills, a very small favorite, about a two-point favorite at home in the game, and a high total. I think everyone expects a high-scoring game. So, Coach, if you have a prediction on the game obviously we'd love to hear it who wins and just kind of how do you see that playing out bills and cowboys on sunday well if i knew who win i would bet uh, i've never <laughs> bet on anything except myself so <laughs> that's a that great line by the way you guys can figure, you guys can figure all that stuff out <laughs> but i do know this i think this is a game that um when you look at the buffalo bills this is a critical game for them in, in the sense that uh, where they're at uh, in their division because right now miami uh, you know, we, we saw some holes there. Uh, I thought this team would win the AFC East. Um, but now, all of a sudden, the way they played without Tyreek Hill, he's out. 
Um, now, maybe he's going to come back and play. I don't know that. Uh, but I think against Dallas, this is a statement game for the Bills. This is a game that they can win, by the way, because the one thing that they have and that you you have to understand is when they have a quarterback that, that can run, that can make the unannounced play, the play that's not scripted, the play that you didn't practice, that becomes a problem. And that's what he brings you. He brings a problem that way. Now, his main issue is turning the ball over. You know, you, you can't turn it over against a Dallas Cowboy team that that really strives off turnovers. Uh, they're very good at taking the ball away. You cannot give them extra possessions, and I think that's the thing that he's going to have to guard against when he plays a good Cowboy defense. Uh, I would steal that line, by the way. The only bet I've ever placed is on myself, but it's it's a lie. I bet on lots of stuff basically every single day. So unfortunately, <laughs> right. it's a great line. Unfortunately, unfortunately I bet on myself, you can't steal it on the show. And college football, and the NFL, and the <laughs> and NBA, some and NBA myself, preps that I. And also myself. But like, to yeah. be fair, that is a great line from the coach, Herman Edwards, who joins us here on You Better. You bet Nick and Ken on a Thursday, talking week 15 in the NFL. Coach, uh, you mentioned Kansas City, right? Can never count the Chiefs out, but brutal on offense in the second half this year. Sitting at 8-5 and five right now, and Mahomes kind of uncharacteristically melting down after the loss, about the officials, right, after the loss to Buffalo this past weekend. They're, they're favored to get back on track this week on the road at the Patriots, and the subplot in that game, obviously, is like the report that came out of Boston this week that maybe this is going to be it for Bill Belichick as the coach of the Patriots. It's obviously like you coached against Bill for a long time. You coached in Kansas City for a while, right? So can Kansas City get off the schneid here? Do you think the Belichick rumors are going to have an impact on how the Patriots play in this game? Kansas City's favored by a little bit more than a touchdown. I know you don't bet that's totally okay, but do do you think the Chiefs can win? Can they basically win a game by margin, by 10 points or more, against anyone with the way their offense is playing? Well, I don't know if you're going to do that against Bill Belichick. Um, obviously, uh, you know, their defense, when, when you look at their defense, their defense is eighth in the league. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you can't lose sight of that. Uh, they're going to play good defense. And we know Bill Belichick is going to, he's going to take Kelsey out. They're not going to allow him to, to win the game. They're going to make sure they, they keep Mahomes in the pocket. Don't let him drift outside the pocket, make him beat you from the pocket. Um, those are the two things he's going to take away right now. You just know that, and, you know, playing against him and, and watching him coach, uh, those are the things that he uh, does to you. And so Andy understands that. You know, I mean, Andy has obviously competed against Bill, and, and this is a big game uh, for, for for the Chiefs as well as a big game for the Patriots. I mean, this is a game that, that I see the Patriots. I wouldn't be surprised the Patriots beat them. I, I, I wouldn't I, because of the way the Chiefs are playing, especially in the second half. You know, they're only scoring 22 points a game. And in the second half, they're averaging about seven. And uh, this is a game that, you know, they were emotional last week. Um, they lost a tough game with a call. The week prior to that, they don't get a pass interference call. And, and that kind of, you know, rocked the boat on them a little bit. So they get off the slow starts. Now, the good thing for them is the Patriots can't score points. You know, so they, they don't have to worry about getting this, against a slow start against the Patriots unless they turn the ball over because the Patriots can't score either. I mean, they're averaging, what, 13 points a game. You guys know you guys got all those lines and all that stuff. But So that, that's how I look at this game. Sure, absolutely. We, we, we do like to look at some of those things but before deciding whether we place bets. Yeah, Chiefs uh, Chiefs seven and a half on the road right now. And Coach telling you maybe, maybe the Patriots are really live in that game. Coach, want to talk about the game Saturday night. We spent a bunch of time on this game on the show. Just like a really, like an important game for both teams. Detroit hosting Denver. That's the Saturday night game, obviously. Detroit trying to get back on track. They lost to Chicago last week. 
seems like people have kind of soured on the Lions and Dan Campbell a little bit. Some losses recently, lost to the Packers on Thanksgiving. The Lions are favored by four and a half points. So basically, like, do you think the Lions can win by, you know, about a touchdown or more? Can they get back on track against what's been a really good Broncos team the last month or two? Uh, how do you see that game playing out on Saturday night with Detroit and Denver? Well, this is interesting. You meet, uh, mentioned Detroit. You know, Detroit's a team that uh, they're very balanced on offense as you know, and, and the thing that they cannot do is get from play from behind. And right now, when you look at Detroit, their, their problem is they're, they're minus six in the giveaway takeaway. That's a big number. Denver's plus six. Russell Wilson is playing well. There's no doubt about that. Now, he had, you know, he had a little boo-boo last week. But the Detroit Lions um, are struggling some. After, after Thanksgiving, this defense that was playing fairly well, now all of a sudden has, has given up a lot of points. Um, and that's that, that's not good, especially in the red zone. You know, they're 68% in the red zone. Uh, so the the Denver Broncos are a team that they found their way. You know, this was the team that got beat by 70, and now they're seven and six. They're trying to find their way to sneak into the playoffs, especially with the Chiefs all of a sudden being a little rocky, right? So big game for Denver, a bigger game for Detroit because everyone was in love with the Lions, rightly so. They're having a fantastic season. But now they find themselves at nine wins. They're going to get in the playoffs. They're going to win the division, I do believe. But they're struggling down the stretch all of a sudden, offensively and defensively. That is the Saturday night game coming up with Detroit and Denver. Coach, let's close with your thoughts on Thursday night football tonight uh, with Las Vegas and uh, and the Chargers. And I was a coach you know well, and Antonio Pierce taking on Easton Stick and the Chargers with Justin Herbert out for the year now. Coach, it may surprise you to hear this. But with all the uncertainty in this game, right, with Keenan Allen not playing, Easton Stick playing for the Chargers in his first start, Aiden O'Connell's going to start for the Raiders, but we don't know if he's going to finish the game. Maybe we see Jimmy Garoppolo. Josh Jacobs isn't playing. Devontae Adams is going to play, but apparently not 100%. We're kind of like kind of like really unsure about what we want to do here, right, because there's a lot of uncertainty. I'm hoping, Coach, that maybe you have an idea of what's going to happen in this game today. You can help us with some of our bets, even if you're not going to bet the game. So do you have a conceptualization of how this game's going to play out? The Raiders right now are a three-point favorite. The total is pretty low, sitting at 35. You think a higher scoring game than expected? What do you think we see tonight, Thursday night football, with the Raiders and the Chargers in Vegas? The, the, the problem is this with the, with, with the Chargers. You know, they, they're kind of inconsistent. For, for the most part. This is a team that's puzzling uh, when you think about the Chargers. With all the talent they have on both sides of the football, at times they don't play that way. They, they don't. I worry about the Raiders in this sense. They struggle scoring, uh, and they have a bad turnover margin. You know, they're minus 10, uh, where the Chargers are plus 3. But the Chargers are a team that, look, they're 5-8. and eight. That, that, that's, a real, that's a real number, 5-8. and eight. They're not eight and five. They are five and eight. They are tied with the Raiders, believe it or not, at five and eight. And it's puzzling. You can never figure these guys out. Um, they they always seem to underachieve. And this is probably why you guys, you know, do all this stuff and the people that bet, this is why they're probably looking at this game that way. I, look, I, I don't trust the Chargers. I just don't because I don't know what you're going to get every week. I know the Raiders will play hard. That's one thing they will do. Uh, they will play hard. I know who their coach is. Um, but this is an interesting game. Now, the Chargers can get hot. If the Chargers get up on top of the Raiders, the Raiders are in trouble because they can't score. They, they, they cannot score. If they get behind early, this, this game could, could be ugly. 
And maybe we'd see Jimmy Garoppolo if that were the case. Maybe Aiden O'Connell would hit the bench. Uh, Coach, we sincerely appreciate this. Loved having you on the show, making your debut on the show. Hopefully we can do this again. I might put a couple bucks down on Patriots money line, Coach, after your answer there. Are you comfortable with taking the credit if that bet wins for me, if the Patriots win against the Chiefs on Sunday? The only thing I've ever bet in my life is when I make a bet, it's a gentleman's bet, it's a $2 bet. And anytime I've ever won that bet, I tell people, break sure you bring a $2 bill. I don't want it in change. I actually want a $2 bill. You go into the bank, ask them for a $2 bill, and bring it to me. I have a few of those that, in my drawer, by the way. That's <laughs> absolutely well, I, Next time you come on the those. show, Coach, maybe we can yeah. make a, a gentleman's $2 bet. And I'll go to the bank, and I'll get a couple of them for you. We sincerely appreciate it, Coach. Enjoy the games coming up this weekend. Stay well, and we hope to do this down the line. All right, guys. Appreciate you. I got to tell you. Oh great! What a guy! It was fabulous. <laughs> yeah, like you thanks, know, we can be we can, the we can be honest. Yeah. Like we can be honest. That's uh, in the words of Larry David. You know, it's uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Coming up next, we'll get back to NFL awards here on a Thursday. Nick and Ken. We'll be right back with you. Better you bet. Presented by Bet MGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. And we start to Christian McCaffrey on the outside, makes a nice catch, and a lot of room. McCaffrey might go. Being chased, cuts back inside the 10, and he's down inside the 5. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. You know, it's fantasy football players will will know that play. McCaffrey, like the first play of the game, seventy plus yards, uh, gets down to like the three yard line, subbed out of the game. Jordan Mason scores on the next play. Just like there it is in a nutshell for everybody. Uh so Christian McCaffrey obviously having a great season for the San Francisco 49ers. The second choice on the market right now for Offensive Player of the Year. We will get back to that award market and hit the rest of them for the rest of the hour here on You Better You Bet. But uh we were talking during the break. What a great interview with Herman Edwards, Ken, in the last segment. Giving us lots of good stuff. Likes the Patriots, like maybe to win the game against the Chiefs. And uh, just like you, I think obviously everyone can tell this, like watching him on TV, watching him like as the coach for the Jets and the Chiefs and for Arizona State. It's like uh, just a, a really super nice, like sincere guy. Like that that was a lot of fun yeah. in the last segment. Yeah, t- totally agree. Yeah, like yeah, one of those moments where you're just like, oh, it's Herm Edwards on the show. Or like we'll always, I'll go upstairs usually to get my dinner, like in midway point of the show. And sometimes like depending on the guests we have on, like she knows who our regular guests are. So I won't be like, you know, like she knows like Rob and Connor come on the show every single week. So she'll like know those names. But sometimes I'll go up and be like, have you ever heard of, and I'll say like a name. And she'll be like, sometimes she'll say no, sometimes she'll say yes. And uh, I'll be like, oh, we're having him on the show. So I go up to get dinner. I'm just like, yeah, have you you know, like Herm Edwards and uh, my wife and her, her family, huge Giants fans, like grew up in the New York area. Um, she works for, uh, does work with MetLife Stadium now where the Giants They probably play. hate and, him, right? Because because of the miracle it, of the Meadowlands, if they're of a certain age, well, the it's, Giants it's, fans, right? I have to ask her dad about that. <laughs> Basically, like, but for her, it's just like name recognition, right? It's like, yeah, I know that name. Like, yeah, of course. It's like, yeah, we got him on in like 15 minutes. Like, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk to him, which is like one of those cool things. Uh, for people, like the miracle of the Meadowlands play in the in the, the late seventies, Joe Pasarczyk trying to hand it off to Larry Zonka or the Giants. This is like the Miami play this year, right? Against who, yes. who, who was that game against that Miami lost? They lost that game. Oh God, I won't remember. But yes, why do I point. remember this? It's like crappy team oh, in the really. ACC. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's like Joe, Joe Pasarczyk tries to hand. 
Yeah, it was 100% Georgia Tech. You're 100% right. Pisarczyk tries to hand the ball to Larry Zonka, of all people, who was like the Giants at the time. Fumble the ball. Herm takes it in. That's Miracle of the Meadowlands 1 for the Eagles and the Giants. The second one, of course, was Deshaun Jackson with the punt return. Fun fun moments in Giants history. Uh, (laughs) All right. Anyway, uh, all our bets for tonight are coming up in the final hour, power hour of the show. Evan Silva going to join us to start the power hour. Evan from Establish the Run. Uh, Jake, bring the music up here, please. And Ken, we had started at the end of hour number one talking offensive player of the year, right? And now we have kind of like up, updated news on Tyreek Hill, who did not practice again today on Thursday for Miami. So dealing with that ankle injury sustained in the uh, the loss on Monday night for the Dolphins to the Titans. So back-to-back DNPs for Tyreek Hill. Feels like his status like very, very much up in the air for Sunday's game at home against the New York Jets. Uh, Tyreek minus 200 in the market right now, Ken, to an offensive player of the year. Christian McCaffrey at plus 150. What do you have for us here on this market offensive player? Oh, this one might get really interesting. This is the one that I was hoping wasn't going to get interesting. Uh, I think I was in way good. I think I can still win, but it uh, this might be like a hold on to your butts kind of a market down the stretch of the season because just player health can sometimes play a really uh, big factor in, in whether players win or not. You sometimes just can't necessarily predict this stuff. Um, it also just goes to show like no matter how much of a sure thing an award seems to be, it just never is. I, when we bet Tyreek a few weeks ago, even more than we had before, like I even said, I was like, look, he can get injured. Like it can happen and it would be bad. Um, I think the, the really interesting gray area we find ourselves in now is I think at this exact moment, like if you did, if you had, if the, the ballots went out, awards were decided, we announced everything, Keegan, Michael Key hosted the show, all that stuff. And, uh, and you had... Offensive player of the year, I think Tyreek would get every single first place vote. I think you get every single one. That's how far ahead I think he is going into this week. Now, the problem is when you start not playing and Christian McCaffrey has a game against the Cardinals where they're a 12 point favorite, the gap is going to close. It's just like, how far, and we don't know the answer, you're never going to know the answer to this. How far ahead is Tyreek right now? If McCaffrey has 100 yards and a touchdown, some kind of generic performance, like a good game, but not like a great game, is it, does he pass him? How many games does Tyreek have to miss before the voting would become very interesting? Would people start leaving Tyreek off their ballot if he missed like three games or even like a couple games? How does that work? We don't know the answer. The thing that I can guarantee you is just pricing in the market. If a guy's going to not play and another guy's going to play, guess what's going to happen? The prices are going to change. doesn't matter. McCaffrey could have 60 yards. It wouldn't matter. Um, if Tyreek's going to start missing games, the prices are going to change. And so it's like, well, what should I do? Should I bet McCaffrey? I don't. I don't know the answer because I think Tyree could miss a game. Just my opinion. I think Tyree could miss a game and it's fine. But if you're telling me it's like miss a game and then he has like three for 40 and he has like, and it's really not good down the stretch, then this like, this gets really, really, really sketchy. Like there's a chance he loses this to McCaffrey or to someone else. And it doesn't have to be McCaffrey. He'd be the most likely player to win by far, but like, Tyreek plays poorly in CD Lamb has a huge four games. Tyreek plays poorly in AJ Brown has a huge four games. I mean, you got to leave those doors open, I guess. So from a betting standpoint, I don't think there's like a ton to do here because I'm I'm really of the opinion that like I think I think one missed game would not necessarily like jeopardize or ruin or whatever word you want to use his candidate Tyreek Hill's candidacy. Um, so I am not like I have, you know, like you could I could pull the ripcord right now and I could bet a ton of McCaffrey and guarantee a tiny profit no matter who won like we're plus on Tyreek the whole way we come back plus on McCaffrey you could do that if you want like you could just do that and be like I'm good I'll see you next year I don't want to care about this market anymore I uh I still think I'm in good here I really do 
Um, I think Tyreek's really far ahead. So I'll, hey, look, if he misses the game and he loses the award, I'll eat it. Like I will. Uh, just my opinion. I'm going to play it that way. So just like for this week, there'll be a, there's going to be a lot of panic and there'll be a lot of price change too, which we can talk about next week or whatever. Like, do you want to come back in on Tyreek Hill if he misses a game and plays the next week? Because the price will be way different probably. It'll just be interesting to follow how the market moves on this. There is another like question I want to ask here, Nick, but that's just kind of where I'm at in terms of like, is there a bet to make right now this week with the uncertainty with Tyreek Hill's injury? My answer is no, because I do not think like one game missed is something that completely upsets the handicap for this market. I think when you get into multiple games and it kind of goes from there, then that's when we could have that conversation. You better you bet with Nick and Ken on a Thursday talking NFL awards right now, offensive player of the year. All right. Do your best Riddler impersonation. Uh, what are them questions? Here's like a, <laughs> here's, I, uh, I think about this stuff too much. Here's something I think is absolutely fascinating. Like really, really, really interesting. Like let's, let's play out a worst case scenario. It's a high ankle sprain. Doesn't play for a couple weeks. He's ineffective the rest of the year. He really loses an opportunity to win this. Miami loses some games. Like the, the bloom could come off the rose completely here really fast. Recency bias, a big part of award voting. And he'd be closing awful while everybody else was probably closing pretty good. Okay. Here's a question I'd love for everybody to ponder. And I don't have to have the right answer, but I think this is a really interesting question. If Tyreek is hurt and doesn't win, and Christian McCaffrey is very, very likely to win Offensive Player of the Year, does that mean Brock Purdy can't possibly win Most Valuable Player? Because McCaffrey plays on the same team. And MVP and Offensive Player of the Year have never come from the same team as different players in the history of the league. I think I'd have to go back to like the 50s to check. But like, that never happens. The perception already is kind of that McCaffrey might be as good as Purdy or better. And he gets his award now. So now what do we do with San Francisco is going to get both? Really? I think there would be a lot of pushback to that happening. I don't think, especially if McCaffrey was a very likely winner of Offensive Player of the Year. Now you have a whole new problem, which is, okay, They now they've got that one. They're going to get MVP too? Really? And they can. Like, the voters can just be like, yes, that's what it is, you dummy. But just... Usually this doesn't go this way. Usually teams don't just like sweep stuff like this and get everything unless they're like undefeated. Unless they have like a like way even more of a monster season than the Niners are having right now. So just I guess my like break glass in case of emergency take on this is if Tyreek starts to miss like two, three games and McCaffrey goes to minus and he goes to minus 200, minus 300, should the MVP market like actually be affected by this? Because I think voters just like don't like to do this stuff. I think they like to reward different teams and not say that like the MVP and the offensive player of the year, actually they're from the same team and they're different players, which by the way, kind of makes no sense if you really think about it. And I don't think it's going to make a lot of sense to the voters either when we get to the end of the year. So it is pretty interesting if you play out the worst case, how actually you end up in this really weird pretzel with both MVP and offensive player of the year. Yeah, well, I think you're kind of missing the boat here, buddy, because Brock's going to win MVP. McCaffrey will win Offensive Player of the Year. Shanahan's going to win Coach of the Year. And Nick Bosa's yeah. going to win Defensive Player of the Year. And Please Chase get the brooms out. Chase Young's going to win Good line. Chase Young will, right. will win Comeback yeah. Player of the Year as uh, as well. Who's the offensive rookie and defensive rookie anyway? Uh, you better you better here with Nick and Ken. Let me take that in a yeah, different do they direction. Do have any? Do they even have any? Not really. Do, do rookies start Ron, for Ronnie Bell? I'm sure they do. Ron, Ronnie yeah. Bell? Right. Bring it. <laughs> Wait, what's what's his ring price? The bell. Let's get him added. Ring the, we hop on with ring the bell. Right now. Um, yeah. Let me take this in different. Happened. Let me take this in a different direction. There's a lot of like split thought here on on Purdy, obviously, right? But let's just say that the Niners roll it up end of the season. Purdy's sure. going to win MVP. 
is it and 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 the scenario that you're talking about unfolds, right? Tyreek misses a couple of games. And let's say, you know, Dak play and I'll just use Dak as the example here, and Dak plays really well down the stretch, like the Cowboys lose to Buffalo and then went out. Is it Purdy wins MVP, but McCaffrey's the one that gets penalized, and like Dak Prescott wins offensive player of the year, or someone else wins offensive player. Dak is like sixty-six to one, and maybe like a big price, maybe out of nowhere comes in for offensive player of the year. I always yeah, I always say the same thing about Offensive Player of the Year, which you know, which is it's like an award for record-setting performances. And as great as Dak has been this year, and as great as Brock Purdy's been statistically this year, there's nothing record-setting about them. I'm remotely close to record-setting about this. If anything, like... But McCaffrey not either, though, right? Yeah, but I mean, McCaffrey still has a chance to have like 1,800 yards and like a billion touchdowns. Like, it's like a monster season, statistically, like even versus historical running backs. Whereas like Dak's like, it's not going to look that good at the end. It could, it could look really good. It's just not going to look really, really good for quarterback seasons. Um, I think if like if the scenario you played out happens, like it would depend on how many games Tyreek Hill misses, right? If he comes back against the Bills and plays well, there's a way that McCaffrey's penalized and Tyreek just wins missing two games. Like, Brock Purdy wins MVP and Tyreek just wins anyway. Like, he just wins because, like, he's the best offensive player. And everybody kind of agrees on it, too, which is, like, really... So it's kind of like, all right, if he misses... And it's isn't it so funny how many people we've had on this week that have been like, yeah, when he was out against Tennessee, that kind of proves he's the MVP. Like, it's just like... It was like he missed the game, and it's turned into this incredible positive, like, about him and how he's perceived on the offense. It almost worked as, like, a brochure for, like, voting for him for Offensive Player of the Year and MVP. Like, look at what it looked like. Look at what it looked like. Like, that's almost what everybody's coming on and saying. So this just leads back to, I think he's really far ahead still. Um, I think there are like a bunch of ways. Well, I don't know if there are a bunch of ways this can go. There are a few. I think the most interesting way it goes is like the Niners crush, which is, by the way, is like a favorite to happen. If you just play out all the games, that that part of it's going to happen a lot. It's almost like who is the other team that also does that? And how do they like mix with the Niners in terms of who you want to vote for? Well, well, uh, well can, I, can I hit you with something just off yeah, what you just yeah, said? Yeah, sure. Okay, ready? So Tyreek misses a couple games. San yep. Francisco wins out. Purdy's going to win MVP. Buffalo wins out and goes 11-6. and six, And Josh Allen goes nuclear down the stretch. And Josh Allen's the analytics darling. Then it's Allen McCaffrey, probably, right? But like this, like Allen's one fifty now. Like, does Josh Allen ever win this award? See, I if, think, I think so. You're bringing up awesome situations, but and I look, think and look, and feel conclusion. free to say no if you think it's crazy. I just think it's a question no, no, worth no. asking. I'm, I'm saying you bring up you have awesome hypotheticals, but I think the conclusion's way wrong. Like you're you're saying they went out and like Purdy's gonna be MVP is the part of all of them. They went out. There's no world where they went out and he's like definitely the MVP. Doesn't matter how many guys lose, how many games, it will be a discussion. Like, that's what, that's like the point here. So like, he never has it sewn up. It's not possible, not possible that he has it sewn up. Not possible. Like there will be another candidate, maybe only one, like maybe it's Lamar or something, but like there will be another guy. So like, it's not like you're trying to make the like crazy long shot offensive player of the year to like fill this hole, like with offensive player of the year, because Tyreek Sert, I think what happens in that situation is it's so easy to just vote McCaffrey. Like, that's the easy one. And then MVP becomes, like, the crazy guy. It's like, oh, well, like, McCaffrey offensive player there. By the way, it could just be both. Like, I'm, and I've said this before, like, they could just give them both. It just has to play out in a really specific way. Just, like, there's no historical precedent for it. And the quarterback, like, 
has some baggage in terms of how he's talked about. So like, it's not a perfect, like this isn't like Tom Brady and Christian McCaffrey or Peyton Manning and Christian McCaffrey. Like it's not that easy. Um, so I think like, rather than view it as an opportunity to make crazy bets and offensive player of the year, McCaffrey is the safety net. Like he's the guy that wins. And then that honestly, I think that gives voters carte blanche to be like, great. He's offensive player of the year. Like now who's the, who is the MVP? It's Lamar at stack. It's, you know, uh, who am I missing? Josh Allen. It's somebody else. I think that's way, way, way more likely than the the scenarios you're describing. What's What's funny? Uh, by the way, um, uh, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reporting this. Max Crosby and Devontae Adams both expected to play tonight for the uh, Raiders against the Chargers. Obviously, our bets for that game coming up about an hour from right now. And just like if this insane like scenario comes to pass, right? Purdy win it wins MVP and McCaffrey wins Offensive Player of the Year. If you're a voter. Like, how do you also, and like, I, I'm not suggesting, like, I think this should happen. How does Kyle Shanahan not win coach of the year if he's the architect of this offense? Like, the quarterback wins MVP and his running back wins offensive player of the year. Like, how do you not give the offense, the mastermind of the offense coach of the year if that's going to be the case? Right. And again, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that should be what it is, just that it just brings a sure. lot of, like, potential interesting outcomes into into focus I still, here. I still think the most likely thing is, is just Tyreek wins. I still think that's the most likely thing. He misses one game. I still think that's the most likely thing. I think I might bet a little bit on Josh Allen, Josh Allen Offensive Player of the Year, just for bleeps and giggles. On the other side, more award talk. Nick and Ken to wrap up our number three. It 11 for the Eagles, trailing by 14. Hurts, Parsons pressure. Parsons with the sack. Micah Parsons took on two and got there. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Mike Tirico with the call this past Sunday Night Football. Micah Parsons and the Cowboys. Great game against the Philadelphia Eagles. And as such, Micah Parsons has extended his lead atop the odds board for Defensive Player of the Year at BetMGM. We'll talk Defensive Player of the Year and Coach of the Year in this segment. Just so people know, um, we may not have time to touch on Defensive and Offensive Rookie of the Year today. Also, like, you can't even bet Offensive Rookie of the Year at our show sponsor, BetMGM. We'll see if Stroud doesn't play in the game. Like, all right, maybe he's out for a while. Maybe it gets interesting. We'll we'll talk about that if and when we get to that scenario next week. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Jalen Carter's a massive favorite. Had the defensive touchdown on Sunday night. Will Anderson's not 100% healthy. The Seahawks defense keeps getting nuked. Carter, a minus 500 right now at BetMGM. So we'll talk more about those markets, offensive and defensive rookie, next week on the show. Uh, before we get to defensive player and coach of the year, just as a reminder to our audience watching on Stadium, this is our final segment for the day on Stadium. If you want to check out the final hour of the Power Hour, would recommend doing so. We'll have a conversation getting NFL bets for this weekend and for tonight with our friend Evan Silva from Establish the Run. And then we'll give you our bets for tonight in the National Hockey League, the NBA, and side total and props for the Chargers and the Raiders on Thursday Night Football. But Jake, bring the music up and Ken, let's hit Defensive Player of the Year. Micah Parsons now minus 130 to win this award, followed by Miles Garrett at plus 200. Garrett back at practice today for the Cleveland Browns in full. TJ Watt, 6-1 to one for the Steelers, who has cleared concussion protocol and is in line to start for the Steelers on Saturday on the road at the Indianapolis Colts. Deron Bland, Josh Allen, who once sacked Josh Allen, uh, Nick Bosa, and uh, Daniel Hunter and others behind uh, the top three. But Ken, it feels like this is going to be like these three guys, the ones we're going to talk about all season. Parsons, Garrett, and Watt, your breakdown, please, Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, just uh, it's, it's not going to change a lot from last week where... I think my argument last week was even if you felt like you had a great read on what was going to happen, like, is there even any money to be made? Because the prices are so short and you can still be wrong because there's so many games left and the prices have shifted a little bit. Parsons price, he got bet more, more of a favorite and TJ Watt became less of a favorite. 
got a concussion and didn't do anything in a game against the Patriots where like he could have potentially done a lot. He did nothing. And, uh, but I, I just feel like we still have no clarity whatsoever. I think the sense I get is that everyone wants Miles Garrett to win, but he got hurt and he's pretty ineffective the last couple weeks. And if he does nothing, he can't win. And if the team doesn't make the playoffs, which is still possible, or like loses a lot down the stretch, he won't win. But I do get the sense that like, I think everything's pushing in that direction. It's just, he still has to put up the sacks and has to put up the results. And as that becomes less and less likely to happen, it increases the likelihood that one of two other players will win. Now, why is Parsons like this price and what's that price? Uh, team success. Uh, the Steelers blew their opportunity to make the playoffs probably already. Maybe they get back on track and they'd be in Indianapolis. But like an eight and nine Steelers team isn't giving you a defensive player of the year when the guys won already. So Parsons is almost the process of elimination winner when you like when Garrett's hurt and Watt loses a lot when that happens. So that's why his price is so short. Um, but in terms of like, do I have like a like, is there a great bet here? I mean, you're just like projecting individual game performance for four weeks for three guys all who have a ton of sacks and one of them's hurt. And one of them just cleared concussion protocol. And the other one, who's the favorite, is like the least uh, accomplished of the three statistically. There's the fewest sacks, Parsons. So it's like, do we feel like, I feel like we get nowhere here, honestly, in terms of like a betting discussion. Like you could make a case that you should bet Watt right now because like he's leading them in sacks. He's ahead of the other two. <laughs> and he just had a concussion and it wasn't, but like he's ahead from a sack standpoint, maybe not a perception standpoint. And like, if you like the Steelers on Saturday or you think they're gonna like turn this around, then he's probably more likely to win than this price because it's probably just a three player race and all of them can still win. But uh, I don't, it's the same thing. Like, even if I had some super smart taker, like I really think it's this guy, I just feel like there's so little to do here. Like it's, yeah, like the market has always had it, these three guys in some order. The price shifts are really minor. Except I guess Watt up is like a little more major than what we normally see. And so there's like not a lot to do. Like, even if you got it right, it's like, who cares? And it's like, and even if you got it right, you'd have to dodge the other two for four weeks when you bet right now. Like it just, I don't know. It seems like a waste of time, honestly. I, I'm fascinated to see who wins because I think it could be any of the three. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't think there's a lot to do here, unfortunately. All right, well, I think there probably will be more to do in the, or maybe, maybe not, in the coach of the year market here. You better you bet with Nick and Ken on a Thursday. Uh, there are three names atop the board right now at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks for coach of the year. Uh, Dan Campbell, D'Amico Ryans, Mike McDaniel, all a plus 325. Shane Steichen, batting cleanup, is uh, 7 to 1. Sean Payton, hashtag our guy, at 9 to 1. Kyle Shanahan, 10. Kevin Stefanski, 12. John Har Hireball? John Harbaugh, 22. Uh, Zach Taylor, it was, all of a sudden feels like he's like semi-viable now with like with Jake Browning playing so well. Zach Taylor's 25. Mike McCarthy, 25. Matt LaFleur, 28. I, I chose to draw the line there, Ken, but if there's anyone else like further down the board that tickles your fancy, please uh, bring them up, obviously. Um, any bets to be made? Analysis, please, of the betting market for Coach of the Year. Yeah, we... Uh... We weren't sure this one was going to be interesting. We've talked about this like four or five times this week already because it's that interesting. Um, typically, this award about 80-90% of the time is won by a coach who takes over a team that's not very good. The expectations are pretty low and he exceeds those expectations. And then a very small percentage of the time, it's won by a coach of a team who has an absolutely unbelievable season, just like breaks through all barrier, one seed, sets a wins record, like breaks all kinds of NFL records, make, makes history. 
and that guy will win instead of the improvement guy. Okay, what I think is becoming really clear this year, at least to me, and I just all this is just my opinion. Like I don't have to be right. <clears throat> Excuse me, I don't have to be right. Uh, there's not a great team this year. Doesn't exist. Uh, you can argue the Niners, and that's great. If the Niners won out, it would represent, I think, a one-game improvement over what they did last year. And they did it last year with Brock Purdy, who had never played and was like had played Kansas the week before. So, like, that was way more impressive than this. Shanahan didn't win that either. He was a finalist, and he came in second to Brian Dable. So, like, this one's going to get it for him? I think I honestly think there's, like, no chance he wins, and I'm betting it that way for that reason. Like, you can be like, well, they're, like, an awesome team. Great. Last year was so much more impressive, and he lost to a guy who won, like, nine games. So, like, now this year he's going to win? Why? There's there's way more Brian Dable candidates this year. There was only one last year, Brian Dable, and he won. Uh, and the candidates this year are, you know, like, almost more compelling, honestly. So... I think I don't. There's no great team coach. McDaniel and Campbell were always interesting, and they were always guys I was trying to fade, but wasn't sure I could actually like get around because they just kept winning. They kept winning games and winning games and winning games, and they seemed like they were going to be the great team coach. It was like, okay, it's maybe it's not the Niners, maybe it's not the Eagles, maybe it's not the Chiefs, maybe it's not the Bills, but like, man, if these guys go like 15 and two, they're the great team coach, and they were like two of the favorites to start the year. And we always kept doing this thing where it's like, well, if they have this record, it starts to get interesting. Or if Dan Campbell loses this many games, it starts to get... But it was never interesting. Like, ever, basically. Uh, and now it's insanely interesting because both guys lost. And when they both lost, it essentially guarantees they're not a great team coach. They're not. If the Dolphins went out, they're 13-4. and four. If the Lions went out, they're 13-4. and four. That's the best-case scenario. Ask yourself, look at both teams' schedule. Ask yourself the likelihood that both teams win four games in a row. And look at Miami's injury report and then answer that question. They're both at least losing one, maybe two more times. I only need one for my argument to be true. I, In order for them to win, I said it has to be at least a four-game improvement from the year before. Like, every coach of the year winner basically ever demonstrates that. And if they lose even one more time, neither of them will have a four-game improvement from the year. Like, I actually think they're both totally done. Totally done. So now the market's interesting to me. You get two guys who are totally done, it's two of the three favorites. The other guy who's the favorite is one of the three improvement coaches. And these are the three guys who I think are, I think your winner comes from this group 90 to 95% of the time, something like that. Uh, barring some kind of crazy four weeks where like, Maybe it's a Stefanski or it's some a narrative I don't see coming, a McCarthy, whatever. I'll keep a little bit of a window door open, whatever, for that outcome, maybe 10%, 15%. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be, hey, guess what? The improvement coaches, you know, the guys who win every year, you know, those guys. Uh, and they are, in no particular order, D'Amico Ryan, Sean Payton, and Shane Steichen. Uh, you're going to get the winner from that, and it's literally going to be two-part thing. Uh, if one of them makes the playoffs, and they're all in the same conference, and they're all competing for a, a wild card spot who, or maybe the division, we'll see, uh, in the AFC South case, does one of them make the playoffs and the other two don't? That guy wins, no question, not even close. That guy wins, the other two don't. Uh, if multiple make the playoff, who do you think subjectively voters would prefer one over the other? That's not a question I can answer. I have an opinion on it, but like can't answer that question, but that's definitely something to be thinking about. Um, and then do you wanna bet anything in this market as a result of that? We've crossed every name but three. Like the, the, I think the winner is one of those three a lot. The prices are basically like three fifty seven, and then honestly, the best price on Peyton now is like fourteen. So go find that. Um, like I just, you know, you can you can kind of figure this out in a way where you can enter the market and bet right now. I, you can't really bet all three and make a lot of money, 
So that's a little problematic because Ryan's takes up like a lot of that position if you choose to add him. Um, I think you can be, I think you might be pretty good going big on the other two at this point. Like if you have nothing in the market, now I'm all, I'm all over the place here. I got other candidates. I've been betting like a lot throughout, but if you got nothing and you bet Steichen and you bet Peyton, you are definitely winning more often than the combination of those two prices. Definitely. And here's the really crazy part. Steichen's like a pick him against the Steelers this week. Peyton, you might be like, well, he's going to lose to the Lions. I pray that happens. The three games after they play the Lions, you can look at them, try to argue it's not win, win, win. It's like New England, Vegas, and the Chargers, not in that order. They play the Raiders at the end of the season. Like win, win, win. He's in the playoffs. They don't have to win. Like he's, but I actually kind of hope they lose because I hope some book puts up like a hundred to one on him for coach of the year after they lose the Lions. And I'll bet, I'll try to win a million dollars on it, honestly. Because like they're going to go win, win, win. And I don't trust the Colts or Texans to win a bunch of games down the stretch. So I think the winners from those three, you can subjectively figure out between those three. Like I don't even like almost forget what I think of the three. Ask yourself, okay, like, if they itself, if they two make the playoffs, if it's Ryan's and Peyton, if it's Steichen and Peyton, if it's the other two, like who do you think would get votes in that situation? I don't have the answer to that one, but if you can solve that, that's your guy. Honestly, like who wins the three-way tiebreaker? Do you think one is more likely to make the playoffs than the other two? Uh, I think your winner almost certainly comes from that group and answering that question might lead you to make some valuable bets. And this is a really good week to bet into it. And it doesn't I just I want it doesn't matter that Peyton's won the award previously for this so long ago also. Zero point zero percent. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh I, well I have I have bets on both Sean Payton and Shane Steichen, so let's let's go, baby. And also uh, let's go Titans on Sunday. Also I might bet the Texans, so maybe maybe Titans win the game by like one, two or three, I think would be really or nice. Plus the points, if you're watching the show you get a coach of the year yeah. middle. If you're watching the show, but we, we missed it on Monday night, by the way, with the Packers and Giants. Twitch.tv backslash BetQL for the final hour, the power hour of the show. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.